know, the Lord's all about presence. The presence of something. You know, the presence of a storm produced something all around us. But living in the presence is, um, you got to get to a point in life where that's the only place you want to live, is the presence. And uh, if you were here last week, how many with a show of hands were you here last, last week where we started the new series called Pace? And, and so this week, t- Tiffany taught us last week, and she ended with, uh, with the four, hopefully this don't buzz, um, the four letters. And, and this week, I, I just want to pick up really where she left off and go, go just a little bit of deeper into each one. When they asked me to teach this week, um, it's very real to me. So the sermon you're getting ready to hear has actually been a life that has lived and learned for the past seven years. It's just not words on a page necessarily. But how many have ever been frustrated in life? Good, that's all of us. Um, <laughs> Well, sometimes a frustration will drive you into a place where you really desire and want to change. And this is what happened about seven years ago. I was at a point in life, just, you ever been in a season where God is so real and like everything you touch happens, every prayer, answer, all this is, I mean, it's just wonderful. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Lord, where are you? What's, what's going on here? I'm frustrated on the inside. I shouldn't be frustrated because the peace of God lives, lives in me. Why, why am I getting irritated? What, what's going on here? What has changed from the first seven years to now this next seven years? That, that's what it was in my life. What is what transition? Because I know you never leave me or forsake me. So what have I done? Or what has happened or taken place that has produced this change? And and so that's what mine boiled down to this very thing, right? You might hear me say it in different ways. You might hear me use the word flow or pace or grace, or rhythm, or all these different words describing one, I think the biggest thing, one of the largest things that is being attacked upon us today is our pace of life. Our pace. And Jesus, I want you to think about this for a minute. Why did he only do public ministry for three years? Well, Do you realize it took 30 years of preparation for what he done in three? A little opposite than the way we view the world today because we want to be out front all of a sudden, but there's season in his life that that he's going to say, I don't want you out front. I don't want you talking. I don't want you anything. It's it's me and you. Something's got to change in you. So when we talk about pace... Yes, we're talking about outward a little bit, but more than anything, we're talking about inward. What's going on in the heart? Because out of the abundance of the heart, life flows, rivers flow. And uh, 
<clears throat> Many of you know I'm responsible for, for this woman singing up here, this thing that happened to her. Um, <laughs> give you a little context of, of who I am. Some of you I know, some of you I don't. But I'm from the mountains of North Carolina. And I've been out here in Outer Banks for about 12 years now. We've been married 12 years. And everyone always asks me, how did in the world did you get to the Outer Banks? I said, well, a woman. And so the logical answer to anybody, many a times, the woman. I mean, it happened to Adam, and it happened to Josh. <laughs> so, um, so, but when I grew up, I loved, I loved, I started trout fishing at a young age. So you're going to hear, God's taught me a lot through trout fishing. He, that's what he usually does. The thing you love, he'll, he'll teach you a lot of his revelation and wisdom. Jesus always used farming examples. He used practical examples to teach spiritual principles. And so a lot of things he's taught me, he's taught me through trout fishing. I think, and mountain trout, not speckled trout, mountain trout. You know, fresh water, where the water flows, where the water moves a little bit. It's not stagnant, it flows. And um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, but what I love about a trout they're, they're beautiful they're a beautiful fish a rainbow, brook, brown it's, it's so much fun and one of the things I get the privilege of do is taking young boys and men on these treat, retreats I get to take them fishing so I've, I've learned a lot by taking them up to the mountains and, and, and seeing what, what takes place well I need to let you know, a trout is always facing upstream. So it's food, and everything he needs is coming to him. He's not going after it. And so that's one of the lessons the Lord taught me. He's always waiting. And most of the time, they're down low. And the Lord taught me something just this year. I've been trout fishing, I was thinking this morning, probably since I was eight, so... About 30 years now. And how many of you know you learn something for a while and then finally when you get a little older, you know, we've always caught fish. But I didn't necessarily, I knew I can go there and catch fish. I can do that. But why did I catch them? And so in this revelation about pace today, he, he's finally showed me why. And, and that is, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is understanding. Why do I get those results? I can look at a hole and I say, you know, there, I know there's trout in that hole and everything, and I've caught them every single time. But this time he, he, he showed me a little bit why. So, some of you might know, some of you, this is a fly rod, and it's very tough to do out here. The wind blows way too fast. And so, uh, and so we go to the mountain, and, and what we're teaching these boys a lot of times is a, is a lot about fly fishing. And I had to learn a lot about it, too. And, and so if I'm approaching this, the river, and what he taught me was very simple yet so profound. My goal is to get this little fly in the river. It doesn't have a hook on it, so you don't have to worry. That's just a piece, that's just a piece of fuzz. And so if the trout are right down here, my goal is to get this bait at the right pace to them. If it's a little bit fast or a little bit slow, guess what? They will not bite it. 
So they pay attention to how fast something's coming down the river, the flow of the river. The next thing, here's what it showed me. And sometimes they bite on top, but most of the time, the trout are on the bottom. That's where all the flies, you ever heard of these flies? The flies actually hatch and in the river and come out of the river. They're down in the rocks. That's where the food is, is down in the rock. And so the goal is to get this fly to the bottom of the river at the right pace. And here's the thing. There's two different flows in the river. That's what he showed me this year. Two different flows. There's an upper flow and there's a lower flow. And the upper flow is faster than the lower flow. And the fish are down deep. The revelation of God is down deep. And to get through that fast flow, we went to... You can see there's two different types of string. We used to use this thick string. But now we've gone with a lot longer leaders. This is called a leader. But the goal that you see is very thin. It's very thin. So if it's thick and weighty, it's going to be carried along. But if it's thin, it'll cut through the water and get down to the bottom. And you'll see your fly go by. The river's flowing fast. What's on top? Trash, debris, go, go, go. But it has to get to the bottom. And you'll see, and see the line a lot slower. So I want to call these two flows. I'm going to call the upper one rat race. <laughs> and the lower one grace pace. Rat race and grace pace. It's, it's very... Rem and I'll be asking a lot of questions this morning just to get you to ask questions because seven years ago, that's what it started with was the ability to stop, be aware, and ask some questions. So if you were here last week, the first one we started with you know, we're getting ready to, I'm going P-A-C-E, so pace. This one doesn't prop up too much, but it's a little waving. There we go. Tiff said present. P means present. I'm going to be present in the presence, or I'm going to be present in the present. Uh... Matthew 11, go ahead and throw that up there for us, Chase. This scripture right here is the first one the Lord took me seven years ago, and I dug deep into it. And this one, I can honestly say, changed the whole uh, trajectory, I can't even say that, of my life. But here's the question. He asked three questions at first. This is out of the message. He says, are you tired? Worn out, burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Check this out. Learn. Everybody say learn. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. 
Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. One thing I had to realize, I was war slam out. I wasn't living freely and lightly. And Jesus says, you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I'm like, I want that. I want that. So first thing I had to identify, who's doing this? First step, take responsibility for your own actions. I had developed an unhealthy rhythm, a pace in my life, and it started with present. I grew up always wanting, check this out, here's boys say this all the time on trips, and I used to say it all the time. I always was like, what's next? You ever said that question? What are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing in three days? What are we doing for lunch? Some of you are so difficult to even go two hours from the present because our minds are so fixated on what's next? What's next? When's the next big deal? What's next? What's next? And here's what he taught. Learn, remember, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Grace is not in the past and grace is not in the future. Grace is in the now. It's in the present. And so I had to change that. Was it hard? Yes. Especially for a visionary who's always thinking ahead. And it comes in different... You got to ask yourself, why are you tired? Why are we worn out? Are we living in the present? Really, let's be honest. Now, I'm not trying to put it down. I've done it. We've all done it. You know, social media, yeah, I'm going to touch on it, causes us not to be where we're at oftentimes. And I've done it too, you know, guilty right here. But if I look at it for long enough, I'm wore out because I'm not here, I'm there. I'm somewhere else. And I figured the first seven years of being saved for me, we didn't have smartphones. I didn't have Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I actually walked to class every day. I was in Boone. I was at App. I didn't even drive that much. But... I walked to class, and what I noticed is I looked around. I admired the, I know it's going to sound like I'm a hippie or foo-foo, but I looked at the trees. I enjoyed the flowers. I enjoyed the walk. I had slowed down. I wasn't trying to get anywhere in a hurry. I lived in the moment, and I was much, much happier. And this is the thing, we're talking about staying in the eye, that we have to be, um, which leads us to the next one, which we have to be aware of. Aware.
Tiff said, I'm going to be aware of unnecessary business, busyness, excuse me, busyness in my life. I want to be aware of unnecessary busyness in my life, of distractions. I did a, on one of these retreats I went on um, probably a year ago, and I let Hannah know, I turned my phone off for about three days one time. And, um, and for three days, I was present. I didn't have something to pull. And oftentimes, the things that pull you away are actually good things. That's what Tiff was saying last week. They're disguised as good. And that most times, they are good, but they are distractions. You know, Jesus, they came to him. Check this out. They came to him about Lazarus being dead. This mess was with my head. Your friend's dead. Come on. You, where you, come on. Your friend's dead. We're talking about dead here. Think about your aunt, your uncle, your, your grandpa. Dead. And Jesus stays where he's at. For two more days. Oh, you disrespectful piece of Jesus. What? You, why didn't you hurry here? Why didn't you get here? Why didn't you? Haste makes waste. And he had settled within himself that he's going to be unaware. He only said and did what he heard his father say and do. And so I'm not going to be moved by the pressures of man. But I'm going to be aware of the present place I'm at. Of unnecessary. Was Lazarus dead a good? He needed to be there, yes. But he didn't need to be there. Timing. Are we hurrying into things? Are we rushing into things? Are we going way too fast trying to get there? Think that we can actually do something. And so I turned my phone off. Three days. Turned it back on. And there was like... I'm not as cool as a lot of y'all, but I had 12 missed text messages. <laughs> Some of you might have 12 in an hour, you know, but I'm really not that cool. So I had 12 missed text messages. And, and here's the funny thing. Every one of them had worked themselves out and did not need my response. I got to see the beginning to the end. The beginning of the text... To the end of it, guess who was not needed? <laughs> but how many times do I want to be needed? That are disguised in being needed. Here's our scripture. Aware. Aware of unnecessary bus busyness. That's what we're talking about. Um, where are we at, Chase? Matthew 6. I'm going to read this out of the message, 6, 27 to, to 34. Has anyone by fussing in front of a mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk into the fields. Yeah, walk into the fields, be a little hippie, you know, walk out in the fields. All right. And look at the wildflowers. 
They never print nor shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives us such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you, do his best for you? This is what I highlighted, underlined, marked. If I had tattoos but I'm scared of needles, I would get on my arm, but we're not going to do that. What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's getting. The unforced rhythm of grace, I had to realize I can't force it. Grace will never be forced. The law came and forced man to change and do something. But grace is always unforced. With grace, you have to let go. Oh, gosh, let go? What a, yeah, you got to let go of control. Got to let go of the control. I was trying to control everything. I was trying to get. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. Why do I need? People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up by what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal whatever hard things come when the time comes. We wrote it on our wrist, I think. Yep. Here's a question. What matters? Our vision this year. What? That's one of the questions you, I had to sit down and ask myself. Josh, what matters? What matters? Here's some other questions I ask. And I ask you, are you scared to be bored? Are you scared to say no? Are you scared to be still? We live in a society this day where I, I think Hannah says something about the attention span. Or someone said, has gotten so short with marketing these days, they find that you have like two or three seconds to capture somebody's attention because that's how fast. We're moving, we're scrolling. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Are you scared to be still and know that He's God? Are you scared to be bored? Well, I feel unproductive. I'm telling you all the thoughts I went through. I felt unproductive. I felt. I ain't doing enough. I felt guilty about it. I'm like, why am I feeling guilty about stopping? It's funny. After Jesus' disciples, 
After Jesus left, his disciples went back fishing. I imagine Peter now. Peter got bored. Jesus left and he says, I'm going fishing. And he persuaded every disciple. And what did they do? They went fishing because he was bored and he caught nothing. How many times are we going out each and every day trying to make something happen and we don't catch anything? But if we would lead into the next one, is the sea Christ-centered? What if we was to stop and be still And this is what Tiff said, Christ-centered. I'm not going to be too busy to hear from God, to sit and read His Word. See, Christ-centered. Everything happens from this one place, Mary, Martha. Only one thing was necessary. One thing was necessary. And it will aggravate your flesh to no end. I promise you that. If only one thing is necessary, i got to sit here and wait. We cannot stand to wait these days. And we teach our children. I'm teaching Caleb right now. Seven, getting ready to be eight years old. Stop. Be still. Shut your mouth for a second. <laughs> My job as a parent is to cru help crucify his flesh. Kids do not come out as angels, but their flesh has to be crucified. And uh, I added another C to this. Content. Content. Psalm 131, verses 1 and 2. Check this out. David said, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I don't want to be king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business. Or fantasize grandiose plans. I've kept my feet on the ground. Check this out. I've cultivated. I've cultivated a quiet heart. We're trying to get into the eye. You're going to go through some turbulence. That's why I have to cultivate a quiet heart. I have to cultivate my response. I have to cultivate taming my tongue. I have to cultivate not saying anything. I have to cultivate one of the best things and hardest things at the same time is to do nothing. I've kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart like a baby content in his mother's arms. My soul is a baby content. And other translations use the word weaned. This baby has been weaned. When you first have a kid... You know, it gets his milk somewhere. And every time it sits in mommy's lap, that baby is not content. It, it has to go through the process of being weaned when it gets older. Most of the time, 12, 13 years old. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's what we say sometimes. Sometimes you just got to, never mind. That's getting, 
We say that about 12-year-old boys at times with mom. Never mind. All right. Um, like a, but that baby has to learn to sit in his mom's lap without needing anything. That's the way it's described, a baby content. It can now sit with mom without demanding anything from mom. It's content. The world and flesh pace, the rat race, is always wanting to keep us in a state of discontentment. Next version, next model. There's more, there's more, latest and greatest. There's more, there's more. Uh, they got, you see, I just want to sort of point out the cycle. Sometimes we don't know what we're going in until we stop and realize the cycle of society around us, but we're Christ beings. Um, here's a question I had to answer. Is the Spirit leading you? Or is discontentment driving you? Is the Spirit really leading you to do this? Or is your discontentment driving you into this? The other day I seen something I'd never seen before. Where real power is. Book of Acts. What Jesus told his disciples. I want you to go to the upper room. Wait. There we are again. Wait and one accord. Here's, here's the, if you want power in your life, God's power, grace. First, you got to get away. What he tells us, get away, go to the upper room. Get away, get away from your life, need, needing this, needing that, people needing you. Get away and get in one accord. What's happening? Being still is, is tuning your heart. And when your heart gets tuned, we're able to listen and then power comes. And to E, you come on up. Tiff said, Example. Carlos, you come up to I'm going to give you an example. He said, I'm going to let Jesus be my example. He only did what the Father said to do. <laughs> Just going to see how good a worship leader we got here. <laughs> All right. Sing... Uh, Something restful. Sing, you know, Jesus loves me. Not on the piano. Um, turn your eyes. Yeah, the more I seek you, this is great. The more I seek you. Just close your eyes. The more I find you. resting in the presence of the Lord. The Lord I love you. 
that is the two paces that are going to go on in your head and in your life. When we're being and resting with Jesus and the world is beating and banging all around us. Resting with Jesus, beating and banging all around. And I wonder, here's what Jesus did for 30 years. He got tuned to his Father's voice. He got tuned to the still, small voice. When, when the world came and said, come here, Jesus. Come here. We need you here. We need you there. Who are you? He didn't care and was moved by the man's opinion because he was only moved by what he heard at his Father's feet. He sat at the feet of his daddy. And tuned his heart, tuned his ear, tuned his whole being to one voice. And Jesus says, only one thing is necessary. Will you dare to bet it on the one thing? I want to read this out of Hebrews. This is a little bit lengthy. But this, this is what... God said, all from the old covenant that still exists today. Hebrews 4, this is out of the Passion. It says, for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. For he has said, I was grieved with them and made a solemn oath. They will never enter my calming rest of my spirit. God's work has been completed from the foundation of the world. For it says in the scripture, and on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, as stated before, I will never enter into my calming place. They will never enter into my calming place of rest. Where does God want them? He wants them in their common place of rest. And where, what is against rest is the pace of our lives. Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into that realm of face rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life and experience the fulfillment of the promise. For God still has ordained a day for us to enter into called today. For it was long afterward that God repeated it in David's word here's the boldness I got underlined if only today you would listen 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 the one thing I tell my kid over and over listen 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 to me listen to me Caleb are you listening to me are you paying attention to me listen to me give me your attention listen listen quit being distracted I don't need you to look up Right here, listen to his voice and do not harden your hearts. Now if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, God wouldn't have spoken of a later, of another rest yet to come. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works. Just as God celebrates His finished works of rest in them, so then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. 
Your pace is determined by your ability to listen. Your pace is determined by your ability to listen. Pride will not stop and listen. Pride says I've got too much to do. God gives grace to the humble. Pride will not listen. Have you ever been around somebody you're explaining something they're talking all at the same time? It says, I know better what's better than you do. They might not say that with their mouth, but their body language, everything else is actually saying that from the inside. I know. Pace. You see how vital? Seven years and still working to learning the unforced rhythms of grace. We invite guys all the time up to, we actually, this is so real, we, we have a cabin in the mountains and it's called the resting place. I've seen testimony after testimony of boys and men, ladies have came to, to go up to this place, come unto me, and I'll give you rest. There's no agendas. Oftentimes, guys ask me all the time, well, what are we going to do? I don't know. You don't really want to mess with them. Tell them you have no plan for tomorrow. No alarm clocks. And you might ask, well, how, how do I live that where I'm at now? We're talking about it. Once, sometimes you've got to taste it and experience it to know that it is possible. And to know that you can experience something allows me to tell you that something is there. I don't know how else to say what's going on in my heart now. There is a realm of the deeper flow. But you have to go through the fast flow. There's an unforced rhythm called grace. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your presence. Father, I pray that you reveal to every individual one area of their life that they could change. One area of rhythm where they might stop and do something a little different. Jesus. Help us return to our first love. Where it's all about you. 
not tossed to and fro, not spinning and toiling, trying to make something happen, but we find our rest in you. We don't live on bread alone, but the words that come right out of your mouth. thank you for healing marriages right now for healing bodies right now not from works but by the spirit because of this atmosphere that is in here depression leave Acceptance come. Guilt and the shame of the past is over. Jesus was bigger than it. 